0: Hello listeners, this is Matt from Uncanny Treks, and I want to take a moment to tell you about our brand new Patreon at patreon.com slash uncanny treks. On our Patreon, we offer lots of exclusive content in multiple tiers, including access to our brand new Patreon exclusive podcast, X-Men 92 vs. Young Justice. On this podcast, we follow the same format as B5 vs. DS9, but with an entirely new focus on reliving the nostalgia of 90s X-Men animated series and comparing it to the fast-paced action of Young Justice. Both of these animated series have recently been renewed for new seasons, so we felt it was a great time to return to these two comic book-based properties. If you're interested in subscribing, please visit us at patreon.com slash treks and you can always reach out to us on Twitter at uncannytrex. Enjoy the show, and as always...
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to X-Men 92 versus Young Justice, the world's most mutated podcast. But today we are not talking about X-Men 92 or Young Justice, instead we are talking about Moon Knight Episode 1, The Goldfish Problem. The new uh, awful abomination that Disney Plus is uh, fostering on us as a Marvel miniseries. I am Bob in Cascadia, that is Matt from the Southland, we're part of Uncanny Treks, this is our bonus episode. Matt, do you want to walk us through the plot of The Goldfish Problem?
0: Sure, so uh, schlubby Stephen Grant, played by the great Oscar Isaac in a meh role, works in the gift shop at the British Museum, but is losing time in hearing voices. F. Murray Abraham is Khonshu, the Egyptian god of the moon and travelers, and himself as badass mercenary vigilante Mark Spector Moon Knight. The latter sometimes takes control of Grant's body for battles with Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow, cult leader and avatar of Amit, Egyptian goddess of death. As well as a jackal of Anubis, Egyptian god of death and mummification, a lot of Egyptian shit in the show, Bob. Lots of Egyptian shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, all about that uh, Egyptian uh, pantheon. You know, you got Hercules in the Marvel universe for the Greek pantheon. You got Thor for the Norse, and then you get uh, you get Moon Knight for the Egyptian pantheon.
0: Yeah, a lot of Egyptian things that I don't. I, I'm not familiar as familiar with the Egyptian gods and goddesses and stuff. So it, it's kind of new to me
1: they're pretty cool although i think in some ways there's not as many stories about them as the norse and the as and the greco-roman ones that's kind of my impression
0: so after you watched the trailer for the show that aired during the super bowl bob you were not thinking too many great things about what you saw
1: no i thought it looked awful
0: yeah you, you said many a times you would not watch the first episode but you did decide to do that which you have anything good about it
1: bob well, there were two compelling reasons I broke my word, Matt. Uh, one was uh, my buddy JR and his kids enjoyed the first episode, which they they also have no acquaintance with Moon Knight like you, which oh. probably helps. And then the second reason was uh, I needed to uh, fold laundry last night, and <laughs> I didn't really have anything else pressing to watch, so, you know, might as well. It's a good laundry folding show. Indeed, indeed. And, uh yeah. I uh, I really like Moon Knight. He's one of my uh, favorite Marvel characters. I've read every Moon Knight issue, which is not actually that impressive. There's only about 200 of them. But yeah, I, there's a few things I liked about this, but I, I didn't like much.
0: Based on what, just me watching this first episode, my understanding is that Moon Knight is Stephen Grant by day, and then at night he turns into Mark Spector, Moon Knight. He has no memory of what happens when he's Mark Spector or Stephen Grant, yeah, doesn't Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And and so that's kind of weird cuz in the comics Moon Knight has four aspects and that's different writers emphasize that to greater degrees, but it's kind of agreed that like he has four aspects and those four aspects kind of reflect four different sides of uh, the god Khonshu who is like Moon Knight's like patron de- deity and you know, he's the avatar of Khonshu. And so the four aspects are: the first one is Mark Spector, which is actually his identity. And Spector is like the son of a Chicago rabbi and Holocaust survivor. Although, given the kind of floating timeline of comics, that the fact that his father is a Holocaust survivor might have been, you know, retconned at this point. And so, Spector, um, after getting washed out of the Marine Corps, like becomes a bloody mercenary in the Third World. In the original 80s comics there's a lot of like cia and cold war overtones to this as decolonization overtones as you might imagine and he does a lot of terrible things and then he uh, gets apparently resurrected in a temple to khonshu in southern egypt and so he becomes the moon knight which is his second avatar and so that's the kind of you know batman vigilante aspect of him and then he returns to the States with the proceeds of what he plunders from conscious temple and like his earnings as a mercenary. And he sets himself up as his third aspect, Stephen Grant, who in contrast to the show is like a Bruce Wayne esque playboy. And he sometimes goes undercover in New York as a cabbie Jake Lockley, which is his fourth aspect and how much the four identities are actual just roles or performances he does versus how much they're like they represent like real dissociative identities varies depending on the writer but i've never seen it so emphasized that like one moon knight persona doesn't know what the other is doing if that makes sense
0: which is what it was in the show it's like yeah yeah. he has no clue what's going on he like ties himself to the bed You know, so he can't escape during the night. He's trying not to go to sleep, so he doesn't, you know, wake up three days later. You know, like he does in that field with his jaw broken. He loses track of like days of time.
1: Yeah, yeah, like a whole weekend he loses. Right.
0: I mean, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I just don't know. Like, is this just now? Like, in the series piece, is it just now starting, or has this been going on for a long time? And he's just been going with it.
1: You get the sense that it probably has been going at least for some amount of time because he already has like the things about like tying himself to the bed and sealing sand
0: sand around the bed yeah Yeah, so you can see his footprints
1: yeah although that that said you there's also maybe the implication in this first episode that maybe he used to have a more integrated personality and then something happened like he might like i I don't know where it's going to go but you get there is the sense that like Maybe he did have like a kind of successful, like integrated, you know, different roles as at one point, and then maybe something bad happened, and that's why he splintered off so much.
0: Oh, okay. So, like, through some kind of trauma, that's why he's had his mind split multiple Possibly. times. Possibly. I mean, yeah. that's just
1: speculation. I don't, I don't right. know. I, but it seems like a direction that the show might be going. Yeah. Did you know anything else about Moon Knight before coming into this?
0: I knew he had, I knew the personality thing. I knew he had multiple, I didn't know how many of those. So, four total.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. And, okay. the, and the worst version of that, and th- thankfully they're not taking any inspiration for this, but like the worst version in, I think it was 2011, Brian Bendis and Alex Maleev did a Moon Knight series where instead of having like Moon Knight and the three other personas, he uh, just thought he alternated between being Moon Knight, Captain America, Wolverine, and Spider Man. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, also, just awful. to make it even worse, he was a reality TV star in that series. That Ooh. was. That was by far the, the worst Moon Knight series. I hate it so much.
0: That's surprisingly poor writing for Bendis. Wow.
1: Yeah, I like a lot of what Bendis does, but my God, his, his, his Moon Knight run is cra- And I was like, at the time, I was so excited for it because Bendis and Maliv were great on Daredevil. Moon Knight was one of my other favorite characters. I thought they were just gonna absolutely own and no, they, they absolutely were owned.
0: Uh, the only other thing I remember about Moon Knight is he was like a playable character in the Ultimate Alliance video game.
1: What did he do in the Ultimate Alliance game?
0: I think he threw boomerangs. That's all I remember. He had, like a, he had like a range attack where he threw boomerangs.
1: That's actually kind of funny for like two reasons. One reason is that his big arch nemesis, who I don't know if they're going to fit into this, into this series or not, because he, he, he's a cool character, but he's also maybe a little bit of a problematic character. He's an African guy named Raoul Bushman. Who who's like basically Moon Knight's Joker, and he has like he has like evil silver teeth, and so I don't know with like a name like Bushman, and he's throwing a boomerang that that, that yeah. seems like mildly ironic, even though like I said, Bushman is like sub-Saharan African,
0: and I, I think the boomerangs are in the shape of like like crescent moons. I think was the point. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and then the other connection I was gonna make. So Moon Knight's like signature weapon is more like these small moon crescent darts uh, that, that actually, actually I think predate, like, Robin's, like, R-darts on the Tim mm-hmm. Drake Robin in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of a signature a signature weapon. I see two Moon Knight runs that this series is taking a lot of inspiration from, and one of them is really surprising. That's There was a Moon Knight miniseries in the 80s, where they decided that like the original moon knight series wasn't egyptian themed enough so they go like hard into making him egyptian themed oh. like the climax of that um, series is that he gets gifted with like this giant boomerang with like egyptian hieroglyphs on it and that's oh. like supposed to be his new signature weapon
0: Gotcha. I think that's exactly what you use in the game. That sounds about yeah. right. It was something that was Which is
1: not something like it's only in that miniseries and maybe when Moon Knight was on West Coast Avengers. Nobody else ever brings that up because it's so dumb. <laughs> and the other weird thing that comes from that series, so Ethan Hawk is our villain, Arthur Harrow. And both my boy Noah and I, who also really likes Moon Knight, we were like speculating wildly about who they were gonna get to Ethan Hawk to play, like what villain and we all of our guesses were totally wrong because, like, Harrow is, like, a really minor character who's only in that 80s miniseries. He has no connection to Ata Amit in that se- miniseries, and it honestly just seems to be, like, a name they've picked up. But that was, Uh-oh. like, totally surprised us.
0: That's weird. It's like they took one miniseries and decided to make the whole show out of it or just kind of, like...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They seem to really want to do, like... The Egyptian themed aspects of Moon Knight because the other series that they're taking a lot of inspiration from is also not a series I, I like very much. Um, it came out in 2016 and it's done by Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood. Mm-hmm. And Greg Smallwood's a great artist, he's a beautiful artist. And I really like a lot of Jeff Lemire's other stuff, but I don't like much of his Big Two writing. And I really it's it's my next to least favorite Moon Knight run I think the Bendis and Maleev run is ultimately worse but basically the whole run by Lemire and Smallwood is that Moon Knight and his supporting cast are um, in an insane asylum that's run by Amit and it's kind of like the Noah Hawley show Legion but just not very good and it it really plays up the Egyptian theme and it's also the only time that Moon Knight has ever fought Amit who's not really a big deal in the comics
0: so, how about the Scarab, Bob? What, does the Scarab thing fit in with anything with Moon Knight?
1: Um, I mean, I'm sure there have been Scarabs in Moon Knight comics, but nothing in particular comes to mind. All, all like, that I, You know, it's just more kind of Egyptian iconography.
0: Yeah, it really reminded me of, like, Blue Beetle when, I, when he had it out. And I was <laughs> yeah, like,
1: <laughs> very much so, very much so. Yeah. And on the main show, uh, X-Men 92 versus Young Justice, we will eventually get to Blue Beetle in Season 2. Oh, nice!
0: This is the this is not the Ted Cord Blue Beetle, right? This is the uh, Jamie Reese.
1: The Ted Cord Blue Beetle is involved in some way that I don't want to spoil.
0: Okay, all right. Well, we'll save that for 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 X Men '92: Young Justice. But uh, let me let me ask you about this this dude though the the guy that Ethan Hawke plays. That's the guy at the beginning of the episode. Correct me if I'm wrong. That puts glass in his shoes and starts walking around. Same guy, um, right?
1: I wasn't sure if that was him or Oscar Isaac. It could be, it could, I didn't watch it that closely because I was folding laundry and it could have been either.
0: Okay. Okay. I just was like, that That was a weird scene to start off with before they even went to the Marvel, uh, their yeah, logo, yeah. they were like, let's have this dude walk on glass.
1: This wasn't one of my three points to praise this show for, but I guess a fourth point I would praise the show for is that unlike WandaVision, which is the only other Disney miniseries I've watched, it at least doesn't have post-credit scenes.
0: <laughs> you just wait. I'm sure it will. <laughs> So F F Marie Abraham is the voice of Khonshu. And you had mentioned that he was like the God that moon Knight kind of is in contact with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In like real ancient Egyptian religion, he's the God of the moon and the God of travelers. Okay. But for in somehow that got understood in seventies and eighties Marvel as he's the God of vengeance. And so like moon Knight is supposed to be the spirit of vengeance and, one of the things i would say my two big complaints about this show and maybe yeah maybe i'm wrong it's kind of hard to see where it's going with the next five episodes but it doesn't seem like it's going to do any of the classic like moon knight supporting cast or rogues gallery which i think is kind of a shame i think he's got a good supporting cast and a good rogues gallery which that would have been fun to do and then i also i don't know this is in the later comics, it's tended to be more like you just accept that Khonshu is real, and you play it—you play it that like he's real. But I kind of like the what they would do in the early '80s comics, where it's a bit ambiguous how insane Mark Spector actually is, and it's a bit ambiguous how real Khonshu and the other Egyptian deities are.
0: Yeah, one weird thing about this too is that Moon Knight is in like. He's always talking to his mom on the phone.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: we never hear her voice, which makes me wonder if there's some kind of like thing going on there that he's. Or maybe really she's that crazy. going to be
1: another Egyptian god like Isis or somebody. Yes,
0: or something. Because yeah. it's just weird you never hear her into the conversation.
1: It also seems like maybe the revelation might be that just nobody's listening. That he's just kind of like compulsively leaving these voicemails for no one.
0: Yeah. And you kind of get that too with the uh, with the with the hidden phone he finds at the end of the episode, where he's been in contact oh, yeah, with some yeah. uh, with some. I don't, I don't know who it's supposed to be. Some agent or something. Or
1: I, I th- was her name Layla.
0: Yes, Layla. Is she not in the comics?
1: No. Uh, so Mark Spector has a girlfriend named Marlene. Uh, she's a French woman, and he actually like she's the person who inspires him to quit being a monster. The bushman uh his who's like moon knight's joker both raoul bushman and mark spector were like these bloody mercenaries together and so bushman and is trying to kill marlene and her father at this dig site in in southern egypt that's a tomb to or a a temple for khonshu and so bushman does kill marlene's father but uh mark turns on bushman and like saves marlene and she becomes his girlfriend, and so she's she's actually a really cool character. I, I like her a lot, and maybe Layla is supposed to be, like, the Marlene equivalent, although also her name makes me think of Layla Miller, who's an important character in Peter David's X Factor, although I don't think they would make her Layla Miller. That I don't think that would make much sense. Yeah,
0: that would be weird. Like, at the end of the episode, he's being attacked by a jackal or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, like, um, an- you know, Anubis is, like, uh, the main Egyptian god of the dead. And he's the one who actually weighs the scales. And then Amit, who is like a tripart composite of like a crocodile, a lion, and a hippo. She's just there to consume you if you are uh, unworthy, if you are evil. Okay. And usually Anubis is portrayed as having a jackal's head. And so, yeah, I guess this jackal is supposed to be, you know, a servant or an avatar of Anubis.
0: So I'm guessing Anubis is who he sees when he gets in that elevator, and he turns until it ends up turning into an old woman.
1: Do you want me to spoil something for you or no? No, that's okay. okay. Just save it. I'm pretty sure that's not Anubis he's seeing. Okay. Um, well, I'll keep that in mind. So the the fight in the bathroom with the Anubis jackal that's supposed to be a reference to Moon Knight's first appearance because he first appears in one of the 70s Marvel horror comics, uh, Werewolf by Night, where he, for a couple issues, he fights Jack Russell, the werewolf by night. And then he eventually gets spun off into his own book. And so, I don't know, I was a little annoyed because it's like, on the one hand, nice homage. On the other hand, werewolves are cool. Couldn't he just beat up a werewolf? Sinconish You is like, that's great casting.
0: So Bob, I got a question for you. At one point, you have Steven, he's talking to this living statue and it was really awkward, and I know they've set it up for some kind of reason. Is that statue a character f- from the show, or did you recognize him?
1: I, I thought he looked sort of like this Moon Knight supporting character called Crawley, but I wasn't paying very close attention and kind of just assumed it was a real statue and just kind of assumed that the close look was a coincidence, But I guess, yeah, you you just kind of explained to me that, no, actually, I guess that's supposed to be uh, the character Crawley. But in this universe, he's um, a performance artist who pretends to be a statue, which I know is a thing that people do, but is not a thing that Crawley ever did in the comics.
0: That's weird. I I just knew it was like... It had to have some importance because they wouldn't just have him talking to a, a, a random ass character like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like Crawley in the comics is a recovering alcoholic and like a homeless guy who's always drinking tea and drawn with like a fly over his head. And he's kind of like the snitch for Moon Knight. And um. usually Moon Knight meets him as J- Jake Lockley, the cab driver. To
0: kind of sum all this up, Bob, the name of this episode is Goldfish Problem. The goldfish that Stephen has in his apartment, his fins grow back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there anything that fits in with the comics with this?
1: I mean, I uh, I don't think so. But then, if you'd told, if you'd asked me if Arthur Harrow was from the comics, I would have told you no, and I would have been wrong. So maybe there's something I've forgotten.
0: Okay. I just I, I didn't understand yeah. why that was such a big deal and it seemed like it seemed like Steven didn't seem to think it was big a big deal either once he realized he had missed his he was about to miss his date. Yeah.
1: Like a, oh, he yeah. Seemed, he seemed bothered by it. It just the date seemed to take precedence.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I, I, okay. So maybe that goldfish will play a, a key role in future episodes. I don't know. <laughs> Something
1: yeah yeah in the interest of wrapping up so you know i said that there were only three things i really liked about this episode um one was f murray abraham as conchu that's great um the the first thing is that i don't like how oscar isaac's characters are written but i think he plays both stephen grant and the little we see of him as mark specter pretty well But i just don't like how it's written but it's a good performance and then the final thing was that I thought the, the joke about Avatar, you know, not just meaning, like, the living embodiment of a god, but also referring to a bad James Cameron movie and an anime that people love but I will never watch was pretty funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's. Uh, I don't think I ever actually watched Avatar, to be honest. Um, the movie or the anime? Either. So maybe I'm better for it. I don't know.
1: And there's no connection, I, I, I don't believe, between them. No,
0: there's movies. no connection. I know that much.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One other point, and then I got a kind of final question for you. The So, I just like I said, I don't, I don't like this. This is not the version of Moon Knight I like. Um, if you wanna see the version of Moon Knight I like, the runs I'd recommend or there's an early 80s run by Doug Munch and Bill Sienkiewicz that's like the original. That's beautiful, great comics. Bill Sienkiewicz's art is out of this world good. Um, there is a mid-aughts uh, run by Charlie Houston and David Finch that's like big, loud, and stupid, but really fun really brutal. Um, There's a very clever kind of like almost detective story um, arc uh, from Warren Ellis and deck Shalvey in 2014 that I love. And I'm also really liking the current Moon Knight run that's done by Jed McKay and Alessandro Capucho. There they almost play Moon Knight more as a priest than anything else. And I think that's pretty cool. So I would recommend all uh, four of those runs head and shoulders above anything that the show has done so far.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of like wanting to jump into something night just to get a feel for the comics. But
1: if you think you can, t- if if you think you can take some early '80s writing, uh, just d- start with uh, the Doug Munch Belson Kevich thing. That's the first run. If you don't feel like you're in the mood for '80s writing, the Charlie Houston, David David Finch place is a great great place to start.
0: Yeah, the biggest difference between '80s writing and the writing now is that there's a whole lot more words in the '80s writing.
1: Yeah, it's a lot more words, a lot, more words. <laughs> but they're all, those are all really short runs too. like Munch and Sienkiewicz maybe did about 25 issues together, more or less. Um, but Charlie Houston, and David Finch only did about 15. Uh, Ellis and Shavely, I think only did five or six. And the current run is I think only up to about 10, 10 issues. So there's not that, that much Moon Knight to read.
0: So you said it totaled out, I think, uh, let me see.
1: Two hundred and ten. Yeah, yeah. two hundred and
0: ten issues. So really, I mean, you could probably you know, a couple of weeks you could put all those out and you'd have the whole history of Moon Knight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's kinda And cool. there's
1: there, there's some other runs I there's some other runs I haven't mentioned that are fun, uh, and then there's some other runs that are really bad. He's been a and lately, like, the last, the last like, 15 years or so, he's just been, like, every new writer, like, basically tries to reinvent him. And that can be interesting, but it can also be kind of annoying. All right, Bob, so you had a question you wanted to pose? Yeah, so had you ever heard of showrunner Jeremy Slater? I had not, no. Yeah, it, he's the guy who's showrunning this. He also showruns Umbrella Academy on Netflix, which I've never seen, but... I hear good things about, and I absolutely adore the comic. Just never have had time to watch the Netflix show.
0: Yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched it. I actually, I think I watched the pilot. Nothing after that. I didn't watch much more of it. But
1: yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we might check back in on Moon Knight. We might not. We'll see what we think of subsequent episodes and kind of go from there. But uh, any any other thoughts about uh, about Moon Knight? Matt?
0: Nah, no, I think we're uh, I think we're all on the same page with it. We'll see how it goes. And... Decide if you want to hit with the second episode. Want to continue right. the coverage.
1: All right. Hopefully shorter now that I've said all. Yeah, I had nothing to say actually about the episode. I just had a lot to say about <laughs> <that> it. <night. laughs> Love that guy. All right. So this has been a bonus episode of X-Men 92 versus Young Justice, the world's most mutated podcast. We are a part of Uncanny Treks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a good night, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening.